Shabbat Shalom, Body of Messiah. Mark Pulley here with Yahweh Yeshua Assembly in Fort Myers, Florida, bringing you another teaching from Yahweh's laws and commandments. I pray that your week was triumphant. I pray that his shalom saturated you all week long. So today, we are going to start preparing for the Feast of Trumpets, which is September 15th through the 17th, 2023. And so today I want to begin talking about Yahshua's return, the Feast of Trumpets, and the Galilean Wedding. I know that's a long title, but it's all going to come together as you will see. So let's get started. James 5-7, I truly do appreciate you tuning in, and I pray that you are growing and learning just as we are growing and learning in Torah. All right. James 5 verse 7 says, Be patient, brethren. So we know there that he's talking to fellow Torah believers. Now, James was a half-brother of Yeshua. So we know that he was of Israel. We know that he grew up in the Hebraic culture. The other thing I want to introduce to you is he also knew about Galilean wedding traditions. Okay? So he says, Be patient, brethren, until the coming of Yahshua. Now I just picked that part out of that verse. So James is, is admonishing the brethren to be encouraged concerning the coming of Yeshua. They understood because they understood the Galilean wedding that Yeshua was going to return. Alright, so let's now jump to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. But concerning, uh, I'm reading out of the, the Hebraic Roots Bible, it says concerning the times. But when you look up the word, the times and seasons, it's talking about Yahweh's feasts. But concerning Yahweh's feasts, brethren, you have no need that I write to you. Why would he say that? It is because everybody that was in Torah, Everybody that was in, quote-unquote, the way, the Messianic movement, whatever you, you want to call it, it was not called Christianity. They understood many things that we today don't understand because our forefathers stopped keeping Yahweh's feast, they stopped keeping the Sabbath, and many of the Galilean wedding traditions got lost during the centuries. So he says here, concerning Yah's feast, you have no need that I write to you. Because they understood these things. Now, if someone was writing this letter today, they couldn't say that because most people 
do not understand many of the basic feasts of Yahweh, which include the biblical seventh day, Friday sundown, the Saturday sundown, Sabbath, and the rest of the feasts. And then he says, for you yourselves know accurately, underline that word, for you yourselves know accurately. Why did they know accurately? Because they understood these things about Yahweh's feasts, about the Galilean wedding, about Yahshua's return. That the day of Yahweh comes as a thief in the night. Now, you and I may not really understand that because of the upbringing most of us have had, but when that phrase was spoken by Paul to the Thessalonians, many there, if not all, understood what he was talking about because they understood the traditions of the Galilean wedding. And in one of those traditions, basically you have when a young man finds a woman that he would like to marry, his father and family go meet with her father and family, and they present a contract, a covenant, in what is expected of her as a wife and what he promises to do as a husband. And then the young lady in question, if she accepts after studying the contract, the proposal, and she accepts it, there is a cup of wine that she will receive from the groom. And if she drinks it, she accepts the groom's proposal. Okay? And then, once she accepts it, they are contractually and covenant-wise and legally married. Now, after this point, he also presents a dowry, if you will, a bride price, not that he's purchasing her, but he gives a certain amount of wealth to her in case something would happen to him so that she would be taken care of. This is all part of the Galilean wedding. And then he leaves and goes back to his father's house Remember, Yahshua said in John 14 that he would return to his father's house and prepare a place for you, and then he would return and re receive you or to take you. Okay? So in the Galilean wedding, he returns to his father's house and he begins to build a bridal chamber onto his father's house. Now during this, and it usually takes in the Galilean wedding tradition, it takes about a year to two years to build this. While the groom is doing this, the bride, her family, and her bridesmaids are all dressed in wedding apparel and they prepare 
for the groom's return. All right? So the only one that knows when the groom is returning is the father of the groom, not the father of the bride, but the father of the groom. And even when the bridal chamber is built, that doesn't mean necessarily that the groom is going to return for his bride, but he has to wait until the father says, go get your bride. And Yahshua reiterates that numerous times. He says, the angels don't know, the son doesn't know, only the father knows when Yeshua or the son will return. So much of the Feast of Trumpets, Yeshua's return, the gathering of the bride, all connects and relates with the Galilean wedding. The Galilean wedding is a prophetic picture of the receiving, the gathering, the um, taking up of the bride. So, and I remember that, that phrase, the lifting up or the taking up or the receiving of the bride, because that's important. In a few minutes, I'll let you know. And so after the father in the Galilean wedding tradition says, go get your bride, it's usually in the middle of the night, maybe midnight, and he and his groomsmen and family go to the bride's family's house where they have been preparing and they are eagerly waiting the arrival of the groom to catch her away. And as they are approaching the bride's house, they blow a ram's horn or a trumpet, quote-unquote, feast of trumpets, to let them know that it's time for the wedding. It's time to consummate the marriage, to gather the bride, and to take her to the bridal chamber, which represents heaven. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then, once they hear the trumpet blowing, the ram's horn, the shofar blowing, <clears throat> They arise and they wake up out of their slumber. And they trim their lamps because it's dark outside. There's no street lights. And there's only a sliver of the moon, so there isn't um, much light. And that brings us to Matthew 25 concerning the parable of the wise virgins that when they heard the bridegroom calling them through the trumpets, the ram's horns, the shofar, quote-unquote the feast of trumpets, they trim their lamps and they go meet the bridegroom. Well, the foolish virgins weren't prepared. And I believe the reason they weren't prepared is they didn't continue obeying Yahweh's laws and commandments. They didn't continue prepping and eagerly anticipating the groom's return. They got lukewarm. 
So they, they let their, their lamps go out and they didn't bother keeping any oil in reserve. So when you understand the Galilean wedding, many of these things that Yahshua taught make so much more sense. And many today in Torah don't believe in the gathering of the bride, some call it the rapture, because they say there's nothing in Scripture about it. But when you understand the Galilean wedding and its traditions and other things Yeshua said and the apostles taught, you will see that it's there. Now, so this phrase, the the day of Yahweh comes as a thief in the night is a term that is connected with the Galilean wedding. He comes in the middle of the night and if you're not prepared, it would be like a thief. Now, when he comes and the bride comes out to meet him. He has two members of his party, the groom's party, that has two uh, tree limbs, you know, big, heavy tree limbs. And there's a seat built in the middle of it. And you can really get a good picture of this if you watch the documentary slash movie um, and I know it's by Christianity and you have to you know um, ignore the pagan terms that they use in it but nonetheless you can receive a great insight from it that there's a seat built in the middle of it and they sit it down on the ground and the bride sits in that seat. Then the two men lift it up and carry her back to the bridal chamber in a wedding procession. And that's where the term lifted up, taken up, when the early believers, and next week we'll talk about how all the disciples were from Galilee. Much of Yahshua's ministry was in Galilee. So they understood all these phrases that Yahshua taught with, and they understood what they meant. And so you and I need to become familiarized with the Galilean wedding, Yahshua's return, and the Feast of Trumpets. Because they all go hand in hand. Now, in Acts chapter 1, In Acts chapter 1, uh, this is very familiar to all of us because we've all heard teachings on this um, or read it ourselves. In Acts chapter 1, verse 9 says, And saying these things as they looked on, he was taken up, taken up, in a cloud, and he was hidden from their sight. And as they were intently looking into heaven, now before this, nobody could go into heaven, but after this, Yahshua made the way. He is the way to the Father. Where's the Father? 
in heaven. He made the way to the Father. And it says, He having gone, even behold, two men in white clothing, wedding garments, stood by them and said, also said, You men of Galilee. This version says, Galileans, why do you look up to heaven? See, I never noticed that about Galileans or Galilee. Yahshua was speaking to his disciples and he called them men of Galilee. This Yahshua who was taken up from you to heaven, likewise he will come as you have seen him who ascended into heaven. So what I wanted to see you to see here first is the word Galilee or Galileans and how this connects. And that Yeshua, Yahshua, will return the same way he went to heaven. Now, there are two um, happenings. There are two, um, I can't think of the proper word. There are two experiences. There are two things concerning Yeshua's return that people try to mingle into one. One is Yeshua returns for his bride. That's example number one. He gathers up his bride. They then go to heaven to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And they have a seven-year feast. Now, what's interesting is in the Galilean wedding, when they go back to the bridal chamber and the bride and the bridegroom go into the bridal chamber to get to know each other and to consummate the wedding, when that takes place, there is an individual standing outside the door and when the groom says it is finished, then they come out of the bridal chamber to a feast, to a wedding supper. And for seven days, they have a party, a feast. And in the book of Revelation, it says that when the wedding or when the, when the marriage supper of the Lamb takes place between the Lamb and the bride, it will last for seven years. Okay, then after that, the Yahshua and his angels and his saints and his bride, though and who his bride is, are those that have, who have accepted the marriage proposal, the contract, the covenant, and those that accept it live by it. Or in other words, those that have accepted Yahweh's laws and commandments and begin to live by them, they are his bride. Christianity teaches the church is his bride. That's not accurate. Israel has always been his bride, those that obey his laws and commandments have always been Yah's bride. And then when they return, that is when Yahweh begins to set up his kingdom on the earth. Well, 
those seven years when the bride is at the, at the marriage supper of the Lamb, that's when the tribulation takes place. And see, one of the reasons I fully believe that Yahshua will come for his bride before the tribulation is Yahweh always, and this is Yahweh's character, delivered his people before he released judgments upon those around them. Think of Sodom and Gomorrah. Think of Noah. Think of the children of Israel and Egypt. He delivered all of them before he poured out his wrath. And Yahweh promises, let me see if I got it written down here. I know it's in Revelation 3, around 9 or 10, that it says, well, let's just, um, let's turn there real quickly. Uh, <coughs> Revelation 3, bear with me please, Revelation chapter 3, and see when you understand about the Galilean wedding, all these other things make so much sense that it didn't make sense before. And so many people are teaching things that doesn't line up from the whole council. Now in verse 10 it says, because you have kept the word of my patience, I will also keep you from the hour of temptation which shall come upon all the world, not the body of Messiah, not the bride, not Israel. <clears throat> now, I'm not talking about the political nation of Israel. I'm talking about the people of Yah. To try them that dwell upon the earth. So, Yahshua says here that he will keep you from that hour of temptation. Paul also says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10, that he rescues us from the wrath to come. Now, how did Paul know this? Because he understood Yahweh's character. He understood how Yah operates, and he understood about the Galilean wedding. And that Yah's going to gather his bride. Now, the bride are those that believe. And when you believe, you do. When you believe Yah's commandments, you do them. When you believe Yah's instructions, you do them, whether it's um, on the Sabbath, on the feast days, tithes and offerings, being joined to the body, worship, prayer, fasting, whatever it is. When you believe his instructions, you do them. When you don't believe them, you won't. And there are many people that are surrounded by people that are full of unbelief. What did Yahshua say? I believe it's in Mark 6, when he went to his own hometown. He could there do no mighty works. Why? Because of their unbelief. You need to surround yourselves with people of faith that believe Yah's laws and commandments but that also believe everything that he says. And you know, 
Numerous times Yahshua said to people, be it according to your faith. Do you believe that I am able to do this? And the two blind men in Matthew 9 says, yes, master. And he said, be it done according to their faith. And their eyes were opened. We need to believe in everything that Yah says. All right, let's continue. Uh, in Revelation 22, 12, and I'm just quoting these just for a lack of time, and I encourage you, look up these scriptures in context. The very last thing that Messiah said is, I come quickly. He's coming for his bride to gather them up, just like he did in a Galilean wedding. You know, remember when the, in the Galilean wedding, when the, the possible <coughs> bride accepts the proposal by the groom, a cup of wine was, she would drink from the cup of wine that the groom gave. Doesn't that sound familiar? When Yahshua was celebrating the Passover and they were eating bread, and he presented a cup of wine and he said, this is the blood of the new covenant. And when the disciples accepted it, when they received it, the renewed covenant began and Yahweh began to write his, the Torah upon people's hearts and minds, according to Jeremiah 31 and Hebrews 8. But see, again there, the disciples understood what Yeshua was talking about. He also talked about that he had to go away in John 14. They understood what he was referring to, that he was going away as the groom to prepare a place for them, the bride, and he would come back and gather them up, just like in the Galilean wedding when they come and, and the bride doesn't walk to the bridal chamber. She is lifted up. Hallelujah. Now, here's another term. In Matthew um, 24, verse 42, and there are a few other places where Yahshua says the same thing. He says, no man knows the day or the hour. Only the Father. The Son doesn't know. Angels don't know. That's a term from the traditions of the Galilean wedding. The more you understand about the Galilean wedding, and sad to say, when I did my research on this, I only found one Torah minister that taught on it. All the other research came from Christian pastors that were connecting the Galilean wedding, the Feast of Trumpets, and Yeshua's return to gather the saints, they were the only ones teaching on it. Why is that unbelief? Why is that? And see, there are so many things that I see that many Torah believers don't believe and don't operate in like the gifts of the Spirit, like prophesying, like miracles, 
praying for the sick, laying hands on them, tithing. tithing. Now many do believe, but the, there are many that don't. Most assemblies do believe, but people that are not connected to an assembly don't believe it. And because of it, either they're suffering, or they will suffer, or they will come to a time where they need answers, and because they've been disobeying certain instructions by Yahweh and Yeshua, they have no seed in the ground, they have no faith in operation, and because of it, they will have to go without. Whatever you don't believe that is in the scriptures, whether you think you're justified or accurate or not, you will never be able to walk in or receive. It takes believing in the scripture, in what is written, in what Yahweh says, what Yeshua says. Believing it and then doing it before you will receive it. So be encouraged. Don't listen to whoever it is even if they take scriptures out of context to try to say the Sabbath's been done away with, Yahweh's commandments have been done away with, tithes and offerings have been done away with, being part of a local assembly, I don't need to, I don't need to be part of that, when that is so inaccurate. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Now, you might not know anybody in your area but you can connect with people via Facebook, via YouTube, via podcasts, or many other ways. And it's not the same as being connected physically, but you can still connect. So anyways, Matthew 24 verse 42 says, You do not know which day Yahshua is coming. And so we need to be prepared. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 7 says, awaiting eagerly the revelation of Yahshua or the return of Yahshua. Matthew 26 verse 64 says that he will come on clouds of heaven. Now remember, in Acts chapter 1, it said, the angel said to the people of Galilee that this same Yeshua who was taken up from you to heaven will come just as you've as you seen him ascend up into heaven. And verse 9 says, he was taken up in a cloud. Remember that I believe it was Enoch was taken up. He was lifted up. He was caught up. And I believe it was Elijah. He also was taken up, lifted up. And the two people that appeared to Yahshua on the mountain, I believe it was Luke 17 or Matthew 17, was um, one of them was Elijah. I think the other one was, was Moses. But nonetheless, it's in the scriptures about the lifting up. If you, if you look for it, with eyes of faith and not eyes of unbelief. In Matthew 16, verse 27, it says, The Son of Man is going to come in the glory of his Father with his angels. 
Now, this is referring to when he comes concerning after the bride has been lifted up, after the uh, supper of the Lamb, and when they return to earth to set up his kingdom. He's going to come with his angels. In Matthew 25, 31, it says, When the Son of Man comes, in his glory and all the angels with him. Now again, this is returning, is not, is talking about not the gathering up of the bride, but the second literal return of Yahshua when he comes as king of kings, when he comes as the line of the tribe of Judah, to set up his, his kingdom and to release judgment and wrath upon the wicked. And we will dwell with him on the earth for a thousand years. Hallelujah. All right, one more verse. I pray this is giving you some insight. I pray this is blessing you. I pray this is encouraging you. I pray something I've said is causing you to think, to believe, to re-examine things, and that Yahweh is giving you revelation knowledge concerning Yeshua's return, the Feast of Trumpets, and the Galilean wedding. Okay, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, it says, For Yeshua himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with a shout like a supernatural loud trumpet, ram's horn, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of Yahweh, Feast of Trumpets. And the dead in Messiah shall rise first. Now this is when Yeshua comes back to set up his kingdom. They will rise in the resurrection. Then we which are alive will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet Yeshua, Yahshua in the air and, go, and so shall we ever be with Yahshua. Now there's words in this that makes me think of the second return of Yeshua, Yahshua, to set up his kingdom in the earth. But, the, but then there's other parts of it that talks about the Galilean wedding where he comes for his bride and they are caught up to meet the groom in the air. And then they return to heaven for the marriage supper of the Lamb. But nonetheless, this, this verse connects the Feast of Trumpets, Yahshua's return, and the Galilean wedding. Now, I will confess, I do not know all there is to know about these subjects. But what I am sharing with you what I am proposing to you. If you will accept it and receive it with your faith and in your spirit, Yahweh will begin to amplify it and give you understanding. Many of us have never heard anything about a Galilean wedding. A Galilean wedding, a biblical wedding, is so different 
than what a wedding is today. And maybe the reason people jump out of one marriage into another, into another, into another, into another, into another, is because they have no understanding of a biblical wedding, a biblical Galilean wedding, and the covenant they make in that wedding. One of the things that I've come to understand about the Galilean wedding is that when the groom in the contract, what he presents to the bride, and when the bride accepts it, there is an exchange that takes place that basically says all that it that the groom has and is becomes the bride's and all that the bride is and all that the bride has becomes the groom's they're connected as one they're no longer two but as one Hallelujah. So I pray this was beneficial to you. I pray you received something from it. And I pray as you prepare for the Feast of Trumpets in a few weeks that you would come to a greater understanding of Yahshua's return of the Feast of Trumpets and of the Galilean wedding. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for this teaching. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your instructions and things that we do not understand. Things maybe that we have spoken in times past that we really don't know nothing about. Father, that you would forgive us as we renounce those words, those teachings, that unbelief. And we pray, Father, that you would give us fresh eyes to see, fresh insight, fresh revelation, and that you would build your house upon this rock upon Yahshua, your laws and commandments, your instructions. And the gates of hell will not stop it, will not prevail against it. So Father, we pray that you would open our eyes and that our faith would be in what is written, not what other people say about what is written. And that we would understand the parables and the culture during Yahshua's time on the earth and the things that he said. Most of us have a Western Greek Roman perspective of the scripture and we need to have a Hebraic Galilean understanding, especially of the New Testament. And Father, we ask you for it. We ask you to help us, to teach us. And to give us wisdom. And Father, we pray that you would take this word to the Torah community, to your bride, to those that believe and obey and accept Yahshua and his covenant and his laws and commandments and begin to reveal it to them and that they would mix faith in it. And we are reminded of how in the book of Hebrews it said 
that the gospel preached to those in Israel in the wilderness did not profit them because they did not mix faith in your laws and commandments, in your instructions, in your teachings. So Father, we mix faith with it and we rebuke all unbelief and help us recognize when we see things on Facebook or on YouTube or from other believers that they really might not know what they're actually saying and they're saying things that have unbelief and doubt and fear in them. Let us be people of faith. And just as Yeshua said, when he returns, will he find faith on the earth? And faith and obedience go hand in hand. And so, Father, I bless those that are listening. I bless those that are receiving. And, Father, those that may not be hearing or receiving or they totally disagree with it, I pray that you would sow this seed into the soil of their heart. That at some point in the future, that you would bring illumination to it and bless them with the full revelation of what you're trying to show us. And Father, we thank you for it. If you want to connect with us, our, our um, website is yahwehyashuaassembly.com or you can connect with us on Facebook, Mark Pulley or Yahweh Yeshua Assembly page or group. So until next time, Yahweh bless you. Yahweh make his face shine up on you. Yahweh saturate you with his peace. That faith would arise within all of our hearts and grow to another level. Our obedience to Yah's laws and commandments would arise within us and grow to another level. And may you be blessed beyond measure by the power of his name. Until next time, shalom, shalom.